Welcome to the Healthy Elkhorn Podcast with your host, Dr. Jeffrey Bukta, chiropractor, and Dr. Chris Erickson, physical therapist, talking all things fitness, wellness, and healthcare in Elkhorn, Nebraska, and West Omaha. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy Elkhorn Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Chris, along with Jake and Jeff. They are here. We're ready to go. We wanted to introduce you to another guest today. So our, our guest we have with us today is Mike Hammond. He is a golf and fitness professional, and he owns uh, a business that is called Golf Fitness Professional. Is that correct, Mike? That's correct. Okay. And I am. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, we. That's how we all started with just one, you know, one person and, and serving serving clients with a specific need, you know, that, that they're mm-hmm. looking for and. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself, your background, how you got started with doing golf performance, you know, golf enhancement, that kind of thing. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. So starting back to when I was an athlete in high school myself, I was just a baseball player. I would golf occasionally, but I was never any good at it. That, that baseball swing <laughs> yeah, was just stuck. That's a whole different my, kind of swing. Stuck in my nervous system. So I went to USD, uh, University of South Dakota, played club baseball there. I actually got away from the whole fitness thing and ended up being 260 pounds after three years. Oh. Just a light-hitting corner outfielder. <laughs> but I, so I used up all my eligibility, still had a year of school left, and then I just really started hitting the gym and getting more into it. But during that time, I actually ended up with a journalism degree, moved to Omaha, became a personal trainer. After about a year, I did the TPI certification and the, the very next week, actually, I passed the test for my CSCS. And then I worked at a gym for a while. That gym actually ended up going out of business last year. But before they did, like right when everything shut down, I decided I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. So Timing was perfect then. Yeah, timing yeah. was perfect. So I set out to try and do, try and help any athlete. But then after, I think towards the beginning of this year, I kind of realized, I think I want to find that niche of, just the golfers. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good place to be. Um, it's a sport I've always enjoyed, even though I may not be any good at it. Uh, I'm trying to get my 30 handicap down to about an 18 this year. There we go. Yeah. So that was so what what originally sparked your interest in a change from from baseball, which is which is a good sport. And I I mean I played it in high school and it was fun. And um, to, to change to golf specifically for you. I mean I know you like to help golfers, but I mean and getting your own golf game improved. Is it more like the the ability for you to play well into adulthood as opposed to baseball, which is a little bit different, um, maybe more for younger folks, harder to play when you're 45, 50 as opposed to golf. So I can't even, I can't hit a baseball anymore. I went out to a batting cage a couple summers ago. Yeah. It, it looked ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it just helps to help golfers when you are a golfer yourself, even if you're not any good. Cause I know I'm, like I said, I'm trying to cut my handicap mm-hmm. damn near in half if I can. Um, so it's, it really helps to relate to the golfers in that way. Um, basketball is my other sport. Okay. It's a, it's a very power centric sport, just like golf. I, my, one of my first fitness goals that was big was trying to dunk a basketball, which I got done two summers ago, but I'm still waiting to get one down in a game, which is just kind of drive me crazy. <laughs> How close I've been getting. Need the perfect alley-oop, right? But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> or like, just like, uh, white men can't jog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our office is vertically challenged here, so uh, yeah. no, no one's gonna be dunking here. No, no, you got us. You got us on that one, Mike. I mean, the training similarities between basketball and getting that vertical jump is, and just being a power sport because that's what golf is. It's aside from your putting and chipping, it's about 
50 shots of going all out for two seconds. It's that mm -hmm. quick sprint. Vertical thrust is one of your big power drivers in your golf swing. Mm -hmm. So that vertical jump is one of the tests I do along with a sit up and throw and a seated chest pass that kind of give you a number that can almost guess what your ball speed would be. They correlate well with They correlate okay. very well, yes. You should try that. That sounds like, yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. I, mean, I know it definitely it looks like when you see the, the people who are good at it on TV, obviously we just had the masters on the last four days and the people who do it well, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to watch the way, you know, the balance, the, the club head speed, the way they can go through the, uh, the motion. You can tell a lot of that energy is generated from the lower extremities, from the hips, from the core, the way they get the, you know, the, the quickness through the, the swing. But is that how, so how, describe how you take people through, you know, you already did a little bit with the, with the couple of the basic or the initial tests you do with the, the jumping, the setup, the chest pass. How else do you take people when they, when a new client comes to say, I want to improve on these things, what kind of training and uh, tests do you do? So we'll, I'll go, I'll try and do two examples here. So let's say it's someone who's an elite golfer, maybe a high school golfer, and they want to get better. Okay. I'll take them through the test. The TPI level one screen is your movement screen. It covers everything every medical professional has probably ever seen from a move, uh, movement screen. And the golfer doesn't really care what they're doing. They just... Okay. Just want to get better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, tell me where I'm bad. I, mm -hmm. I can already probably predict a few ways where I will be bad. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about that is it actually gives you a fitness handicap score too. Okay. So let's say you got a. I guess this wouldn't be so much for the high school golfer, but someone who's a hat golfer like any of us in this room right now. Mm -hmm. um, if I can get, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a 13 on my TPI screen right now. Okay. And a 31, I believe, on my golf handicap. So theoretically, if I drop my 13 down to a zero fitness wise, I should be able to drop that 31 down to an 18. And then after that, fitness wise, movement wise, I should be good to go. And then, then it's working on the smaller skills mm -hmm. in golf. Mm -hmm. You're the more, more fine tuning after that. Yeah. Okay. Leaving those last few strokes on the, on the course that are more the athlete, mm -hmm. the putting in the small so, game, short game. And then those, those tests for somebody who's trying to be elite and they do want to add distance, you look that vertical jump, seated chest pass it up and throw they're your markers for lower body upper body core power mm -hmm. so they should all be right around the same i think pga tour golfers average about 18 feet on those throws and an 18 inch vertical jump but the higher those goes the higher those go the more power potential you have mm. and then you also do a strength test for upper body push and pull lower body if everything is good from a power standpoint, but you're not hitting the ball far, it could be a strength problem. If your strength's good, but your power numbers are bad, it's a power problem. Okay. And you really just got to start working on that sprint stuff, that yeah. power stuff, the speed stuff. If you can be strong, but move the weight slowly, mm -hmm. that does not necessarily translate over into power, which is force times you know, acceleration. Mm -hmm. You have to move it fast. Then you get more, more actual uh, power to move things. You got to move away quickly. Which is what golf, it's not moving it slow. Power lifting is a slow strength. Power sport. lifting is hitting. It doesn't matter if it takes you five seconds or twenty seconds. You get the weight up, that you you win. I mean, you 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 succeed, but you have to move the ball quickly in golf. That's so on baseball too fast. You'll get these original numbers on your tests, and then how quickly do you reevaluate, or how quickly do you try to set the next goal for? The fitness score or the power numbers usually every two to three months two, three months um, okay i test myself every two months to see where i'm at yeah i usually do about seven weeks okay. before i 
change up my own program. Mm -hmm. um, I do a, almost all similar stuff with my clients that I do with myself. Awesome. It's, it's a good time period to get, then you're gonna focus on a specific periodization uh, program and you're gonna gotta work at that for a good yeah. eight weeks or so, eight, you know, two months, then you can see how the, what were the results of that. And then you can tweak little things, volume, intensity, volume meaning the number of uh, reps, intensity meaning the weight. You can kind of change the, or just change yeah, some different exercises. Nobody thinks about is speed. Yeah, the or the speed, speed of, yeah. Whether you're pausing, going slow on the on the eccentric or the or, you know or quick on the on the concentric concentric side, okay. I kind of like that they call it a fitness handicap because then it makes you as a competitor. If you're a golfer, hey, right? I don't want a fitness handicap. Well, yeah, but you yeah, you're you're already top dog. But it gamifies yeah. it, and you're like, yeah. I want to get better at that because it makes it under. It, it's in terms and languages that that golfers speak, so they already want to get their regular handicap down. Yeah. Now they're like, oh, I got another handicap that I have to work on or like to to get improve on. I, that's a good idea. I yeah, actually had a friend who was trying to go for a high score because he knows he's unflexible. But. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not the way. That's how I golf is a high score. Yeah. That's how I golf is high score. There we go. I win. Yeah, if we're doing high scores in golf, we can compete. So we talked about it a little bit, but describe more on how improving or like the benefits of having a consistent fitness routine, fitness including strength, power, um, the speed of the repetitions and the flexibility, you know, the mo mobility of the body, how that, you know, in, in transfers onto um, the course and the, and the game. I mean, not only performance wise, let's start there performance wise, then we'll go to more like possibly, you know, reducing, reducing injury uh, risk. So golfing is pretty much just being able to rotate and curl around as far as you can and then unleash that there's anything wrong in that kinetic chain you get a leak power and then injuries is where that happens if something's off compensation patterns is what needs to be driven down and i guess it almost is kind of getting into that injury or injury prevention mm -hmm. if you can move well you're going to stay healthy you're going to be able to golf you're not going to have to take a break for two weeks because your back hurts mm -hmm. i've heard too many stories before it's like Oh yeah, I love to golf, but I can only go once or once a month or once every other month because my back always kills me after. afterwards. Yeah. So no, having the right kind of wind up or form and transferring all the energy from like moving backwards into you know into that back swing swing, and then putting it all together and coming you know coming forward. If something's not, I like the you said like you leak power. You may have the right back part, but if you miss something up on the way down. You'll, you don't have the, the full potential of getting the ball far and straight, right? Yeah, one of the biggest drivers I see is the lack of core strength. Uh, sit up and throw test is almost always the worst for everybody, myself included. I know people who can jump 25, 30 inches, but they can't throw that medicine ball from a sit up position more than 12 feet. About how, how much does the ball weigh? It's a four kilo for men and two for women. Okay. And then it's about you, 10 pounds. You can also retest with 5% of your body weight. What do you think people lack the most in core? Is it like our day-to-day -day activities, too much sitting, not enough activity? They, or is it? I think it's a lot of people who actually are in the gym. They just don't know what they're doing for core. Yeah. And they don't know that it's not good for them. Mm -hmm. um, saw a recent study that showed they took a pig spine. The easiest way to herniate a disc was doing too many crunches. Mm -hmm. A lot of flexion. Well, yeah, way too much flexion. Yeah, yeah. So there's, we always tell people in our clinic here, there's so many different ways that you can work your, you know, quote, unquote, your core. You know, like people think, yeah. oh, I got to do Russian twist, or I got to do full sit-ups, and that's all that's out there. But, 
mean, there's you know so many different ways that we use utilize with patients every day that you know actually activates the whole core as opposed to maybe just focus on the rectus or you know certain muscle groups things like that. And everybody thinks it's going to give them that that six pack when yeah. really your diet and your nutrition is 100% how that happens. Yeah. So that's that's the most common spot where you see a deficit is in that <clears throat> specific area, and that's where people lose a little bit of not only the the performance part. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna to, you're going to lose coordination, you're going to lose power, you're going to lose stability. Yeah, so it negatively affects the game. Oh, yeah. Right? As well, yeah, as well. So it yeah. negatively affects the game and it, and it kind of negatively affects your potential for our injury risk as well. Well, even just outside of golf, too, let's say you have bad movement patterns, you go golf, your back hurts, you can't golf again for a month and a half, two months. Mm -hmm. That whole month and a half, two months that you're waiting off, you're just waiting to feel better. Like that, that back pain doesn't go away just because you left the golf course. You're not swinging the club anymore. That's going to stay there. So it's, so it, you help them not only improve their golf game, but what's even better is that by being active, by being, by working on fitness, lower, lower body strength and power, upper body strength and power, core strength and power, they live a better life as well. I mean, they can, they can do more of the golfing, but then they're not, you know, um, sore for days afterwards where then they can't do other stuff. So mm -hmm. just, it translates over into all the other, uh, parts of their life as well, yard work, you know, playing with, playing with the kids, everything. We work, activities. It helps slow down aging. It's gonna, um, it fights against just about any disease and cancer you can think of. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell Be people. Be healthy, yeah, it's like live longer, play more golf. Right, that's the goal, that's my yeah. mission. Yeah. But, uh, so I like to tell people, they're at the golf course two or three days a week. There's no reason they shouldn't be in the weight room two or three, the other two or three days. Mm -hmm. If you get a, if you, are active four to six days a week between golf and being in the gym and working out. You're just gonna, it's just gonna compound over time. And you get out of that long, healthy life and be able to play play golf when you're seventy. Yeah, you may have to add that to like a tagline or something. Live, <laughs> live longer, play more golf. That that makes like yeah. it's very simple, and people yeah. Are like yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's I not too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So core strength is one where you see people are weak at. What about like from a mobility standpoint? Where do you feel like? people are losing power because they lack mobility in certain areas. I saw a lot of your more traditional powerlifting people, your yep. people that are actually in the weight room, they're okay golfers. They don't know how to turn their upper body okay. and they're going to come back with a 90, 90 test where they can't externally rotate at the shoulder. And typically you're going to see lat tightness too. Okay. And if that, those lats are tight, that's going to go down to your hip control too, and just throw everything else off. Yeah, also with the complicated. It is. It, but it, it so should much. be so frustratingly yeah. simple at the same time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it looks simple and it looks like something you should be able to do like repeatedly every time, but it is just not. I mean, anybody, anybody who's played. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you hit you hit one nice one out of ten. You're like, yeah, that's I, I should do that again, and then just I can't do it again for another. But that's all you need to be hooked and. <laughs> I know it is. Yeah. 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 It is. That's true. You took the one nice one on the last hole. You're like, yep, that was all worth it. I'll do, I'll do this again. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people say you're only as good as your first and your last hole. Yeah. We so do. Start off with the par end with the par. You're a scratch golfer. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah. That's it. Never start off with the par. No, <laughs> that's hard to do. So when you come, when people, do you have a specific age group of, of golfers that, that are more, I guess you'd like to work with more? Is it, is it more the high school age kids? Is it more the middle-aged, you know, 30, 40, 50s, or more of your seniors that have been golfing a lot because they're retired now and they go, no, I golf all the time and want to really improve? I'd say the, the 
best clients I usually work with are those middle age. Okay. Where their kids are growing up and playing sports and, you know, they can actually go golf with their kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, a lot of them are also former athletes a lot. So they already have that drive and that motivation to do better because mm-hmm. they know they can do it. They're just stuck and don't just need a little, little bit of guidance. Mm-hmm. But they have the they have the dedication and the and the want to, the will to work hard. They just need a little bit of um, focus on what to work on. Mm-hmm. Okay, just coaching basically. Just yeah, I need some I need some help with it. So what kind of training do you do when you're working with clients? Is it mostly like strength and conditioning type stuff? Is it high intensity interval training type stuff? Like what kind of workouts or programs do you put together for your clients? So I typically don't like the high intensity okay. stuff where you're moving all the time. Yeah, I don't like endurance cardio okay i think if you have a poor movement pattern you go out and run for an hour yeah you're just going to drive that into your nervous system and your body's going to be stuck there it's going to make it harder for you to improve those movement patterns to break old habits again yeah Yeah. so i always start off with movement Uh, mobility stability work is warm up that's usually about 10 to 15 minutes then you kind of get into your strength and conditioning Um, depending on where they're at um, if it's a uh, lack of strength you kind of go that more traditional strength training route. It, it'll look a lot like powerlifting, but eventually you build up that strength. That you can do a lot more. Everything's on your feet. So you can, once you build up that strength, you can take a client and put them on one foot at a time and try and strengthen them that way. That's just going to hit the core more. Mm-hmm. So you base that based off the assessment that you did, that's going to drive your decisions for how you set up and build the program for them. Some will need more strength at the start. Some may, may need more mobility at the start. Some may need more speed or power. And then that's, that's how you're toggling those variables based on what you found in the assessment part. Mm-hmm. And even taking that down to your movement standpoint, there's going to be some people that are like, they'll have movement patterns that are so bad that you can take them all the way down, put them on their back to start training it. Okay. Where others, there's they might be able to do it while they're on the back. They might be able to do it while they're uh, in a quadruped position. But as soon as you get them up into a half meal or a tall meal, they lose all that stability. Mm-hmm. That makes the most sense. But you know, you can start from very much um, basic. Yeah, and like a, a lot, like a lot of help because they're laying down. As opposed right. to as you get taller and stand more into one leg, it just gets harder. It's just a, a more difficult thing to do. Um, and, and doing it in standing makes sense because you play golf in standing. You know, you know, if you do like a lot of like a leg extension machine. How does that translate over into into that's swinging a club? That's yeah. I mean, you got to do it standing and and transferring weight back and forth and twisting. I think that's one thing that drives me nuts. Is I just see people on the gym going machine and machine and machine yeah. and machine. The machine's doing all the stability work for them. Yes, they're improving that individual muscle, but it's not going to translate to even walking. Yeah. Let's, mm-hmm. let's say you hit the squat machine the calf machine and the leg extension machine, but you don't like doing the leg curl one. Mm-hmm. You're just going to start being very front chain down. Mm-hmm. Those quads are going to start taking over. Your glutes are going to forget how to work. No hamstrings, no glutes. Yeah. No power. The power comes from. Yeah. So you'd, you'd much more, you would rather see people work with, and I, I'm going to, this is going to be a, uh, an assumption on my part, but you tell me, it, you'd rather see people work with um, enclosed chain, meaning your feet are in contact with the ground and then using some kind of dumbbell, kettlebell, barbell, something where they're having to, to stabilize their body as they move a weight. Absolutely. Okay. That's, yeah, I mean, we, we do the same thing. That's Absolutely. very similar to what we like to use too. And I mean, and I, yeah, ideally on your feet, not on your back. I think bench press is about the only exercise I'll have somebody on their back yeah. for strengthening purposes. 
and even that, you know, it just depends. You could you can do them in standing as well. Yeah, I mean, you put a bar across, or you can you can try to you find take ways somebody to, to, and you can bridge up on it too mm -hmm. to get that core activated. Bridge up on yep. the bench on a ball or something or off the edge. Yeah, there's lots of. I mean, turn them around into onto a push up position or different things with. There's so many different ways to to address that. But yeah, I mean, I think a good way to start them is someone who's maybe untrained or hasn't trained in a while. Starting, like I said, start in the back start with, with, with lots stuff. of lots of support and control, and then slowly take the support away and make them control more as you do. Okay. You so do you actually take people then? Do you start that way? So take me through a, what a what a what a session looks like. They're usually forty five minutes, an hour. So you the first okay one hour. The first fifteen minutes are kind of working on the mobility and kind of moving around. And then at what point do you bring in like an actual club and start swinging? Never. Okay. <laughs> so I just want to get there. Yeah, so um, you got to split it up. The golf industry splits up, do fitness. So me doing stuff in the gym, you're golf professional. That's where you get to go and actually get a swing lesson. Okay, okay. I don't have the knowledge to actually coach a swing. Okay. It'd be really cool if I did, but that's... Yeah, I, I'm just wondering how that works. About 30 shots off my score right now before yeah. I can even apply to do that. Yep. And then that third branch is you guys. It's the medical profession. Okay, okay. So all working together, you're saying, okay, I'm going to take you and build up, and I'm, I'm going to use core in a different way, like your core fundamentals, like I'm going to build up your strength, your power, your flexibility, improve all those things. And then once you have that like base, now take your improvements in your fitness and go work with the swing person to translate that onto the, getting the ball, obviously straighter, farther, everything else. Okay. And then if something was hurt, like if you have some kind of wrist, so elbow, back, shoulder injury, then any type of pain that comes through in the movement screen, mm -hmm. it's refer on to that medical professional. Okay. Somebody's already seen a medical professional and they get referred to me and they have good posture. They can control more movement than most because they've been working with that medical professional. It makes my job a whole lot easier. That strength conditioning is going to be a whole lot faster because there's a good base to start upon. Mm -hmm. Once you get your fitness, like fitness handicap down, a lot of your improvements is going to be golf skill. So when you can, hire a coach that can teach you exactly what you need to do with your hands, feet, hips, shoulders, everything in the golf swing. Um, when they, when a golf professional sees some type of movement that maybe somebody can't get their hands as far back as the golf coach would want, okay. that's where the golf coach gets frustrated and they're going to send them on to a medical professional or a fitness professional to work on that move. Yep. So say they, they notice they, they can fine tune those small details you were talking about earlier. Where once you get you you know once you get your um, fitness handicap down, then you you kind of you know doing real well with that. Now you got to work on the fine details of of the just the last little bits. But mm -hmm. but if they're not even to the fitness part, there's really no sense in working on Technical all the yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 if you can't even control yeah, your body, then yet, maybe let's say like 15 degrees of shoulder rotation. Yeah, uh, how are you not, supposed to swing golf? Yeah. Though? So then you got okay. We got to work on like hip and thoracic and movements, yeah. you know, work on the mobility, and then so it goes back to the move well. So you got to have the mobility. Yeah, I think I, I, I see like a pyramid in my in my yeah, mind. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm picturing like, too. You yeah, got to exactly take care of your fundamental, so, like the Maslow's whatever, yeah. like hierarchy. Yeah, hierarchy of needs. Like if you can't even stand yeah. and control your body, so you can't move on to a swing. You got to start from the, and build it up. So it is exactly what I base my training off of. It's strength coach Alvin Mill, I think is his name. Okay. Developed the hierarchy of athletic development. Hmm. So your base level same. is yeah. your evaluation and your testing so you know where you're at. Then it's movement, good movement patterns, work capacity, being able to own those movement patterns, being able to be, for as golf, for example, if you like to walk, being able to 
go a whole 18 holes walking mm -hmm. and not lose anything in your swing. Then you move into that strength, your maximal strength, your power lifting, your, I need to take this really heavy thing and it doesn't matter how fast it goes, but I just need to move it. Mm -hmm. After that, you get into your explosive strength. That's more taking lighter weights, but moving them faster. Mm -hmm. Controlling them fast, yeah. And then after that is reactive strength, which is more your plyometric movements. You're going as fast as you can, but with your body weight. And then eventually that top goal, the top of the pyramid is speed for whatever sport that may be. Golf is your club head speed. Okay. That's your end result. That's the goal. And that translates into hitting the ball obviously farther. Yes. The faster you can move that club around. Okay. As, unless you need to go to a golf professional and learn how to put the club face square on the ball. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can swing it real fast, but if it doesn't go straight, that doesn't help you either. But that, yeah, but that's, we're talking about two different things. Like you can't even get to there unless you have the, the strength to do it. And then you can work on fine tuning and getting it straight after that. Okay. That makes sense. So the three things amateur golfers want more swing speed, be able to be pain-free yep. golf longer. Yep. If you're in the gym working on the swing speed, by the time you even can start doing the speed work, you're already moving well. So you're not going to be in pain when you golf. Again, you're already in the gym doing the work. Mm -hmm. You're improving your health, your fitness for the rest of your life. You're going to be able to golf for longer. More often and for longer, yeah. So it almost sounds like what you're saying is exercise is great for you. Exercise is great for you. But I, but I thought we could just fix everything with a pill, though, yeah. Mike. I thought that that was the, the choices that we make in our in our lives and uh, and the cho and the uh, attitudes and, and behaviors. I thought we should be able to fix those with a pill. Slow I'm just, process. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Slow process. <laughs> slight, edge, which is, slight edge theory. Do a little bit every day to improve. Right. And eventually you're going to have exponential results yeah. that you want. Yeah. Um, 1%, if you can prove 1% every day, that adds up yeah. every, over time. And that's good that's to key on. 65% Yeah, because I bet people, especially golfers, you know, they're probably, they don't have the patience. They want to improve their swing now, today. What can I do to hit it farther? When in reality, and straighter. yeah, that well, takes, a lower score, it right? takes you know, you multiple people. You want it to be fun when you go out there. Like, yeah. I, want, I want to be better at it. Right. right. Yeah. And it takes, it's not something you can do overnight. You can't improve your thoracic rotation overnight you can't improve your squat overnight you can't improve any of that and it's not something you can do Quickly. following an instagram fitness model <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they look or, so good or it's even just like the general videos fitness videos that you'll see from these big golf companies yeah it's what, generalized what, what works for somebody is will not work for somebody else yeah also mm -hmm. you can have that point where it's <clears throat> this plan works for somebody really well. Right. But if you give it to the same person, it's actually making them worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that baseline testing is super important for each individual golfer. Mm -hmm. So that I, you're hitting I've their needs. I've never put a program together that's looking the exact same as anybody else's. We should test those three things and see what we need to work on. Yeah, definitely. Because it's three, we can do, we have, we have the vertical jump thing in the, in the back and motor error. We can test our vertical jump. We can do what's, so what's the medicine ball for the you chest? You need a four kilo or an eight pounder. Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, yeah, 2.2. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's yeah. a, we have 10 pound. I mean, so close. I mean, there might be an eight one back there too. So the chest was just a standing, like chest pass? Sitting. Sitting. So sitting in a chair, you can rock back as much as you want. You cannot stand up. Your feet okay. cannot leave the ground when you okay. feel it. And so, and so you want to like, and you want to, you want to like launch it as far as you yes, can. Yes. Okay. So you got to come a little bit of an angle. So yeah, you want to sit up, you want to throw up a little bit. Because yeah. if you throw it on a line, gravity's going to take it. it. But yeah. at the same time, if you throw it too high, it's just going to balloon up mm -hmm. yep. straight back down short. There's so an optimal um, angle for that. But then the weight, the weighted sit up. How do you how do you perform the weighted sit up for the test? So it's an uh, overhead throw with the medicine ball. You're on your back holding the medicine ball. Throw the ball and finish in a sit up. 
Is some no one holding your feet? Nobody's holding you. Oh. I said the same question. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's where your core control is. Yeah, that's tough. That's that's why the PGA Tour average is only about 18 feet. Yeah, that, that's a tough movement. But those guys work on this kind of stuff all the all time. Really, so, I mean, more than likely, they have someone that works on the fitness side with them oh, and yeah. someone that works on the golf side with them. So I'll, I'll run through. Right, but then also probably like a mental yeah. part, like even like a uh, like a psychologist side too. I mean, there's oh, lots yeah. of different people that can that can help them improve. So what from what I've seen from following on PGA Tour, they'll have their swing coach, their caddy, sometimes a mental coach, like you said, yeah. a strength and conditioning coach. And then most have a chiropractor or a physical therapist. Oh, there's a medical side. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. That falls with them. So that's six mm -hmm. people that, oh, and a nutritionist. Yeah. A lot of times. Yep. So, and so they've got Some these guys following them around yeah. on the road. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like the golfer is a car in a race, mm -hmm. say NASCAR. Oh, there you go. That's good. Pit crew. Yeah. All these people yeah. around. And I do the gas, crew. I do the tires because you have your specialty. Like, right. I, don't know, I don't know how to do that. I just do this. That's... And then your caddies, your crew chief, trying mm -hmm. to make sure you're coordinating right everything. Spot. Nice. That's interesting. That's a good way to think. That's a good analogy of. Yeah. And they are. I mean, they're, that's what they do. I mean, they have to be ready to play week in and week out, hopefully for the full four days. I mean, you want to, you know, Make the cut. You want to. You want to golf all four days. Obviously, then you're in the, in the money. Then more right. If you go all the way to the end. So, yeah, it's important to stay. Is is there a benefit at all to walking as opposed to riding in a cart? Or I mean, or just for your average job? Yeah. I don't think it matters. Um, I feel like I play I better when I walk as opposed to. Yeah. I think maybe because it just slows it. It just slows it down. Yeah. Because yeah. the speed, like you know, you go to the ball and I'm you try to like calm. But if I just walking, I have more time to like think about the next. You know, I can't as many beers. So yeah, can't, I can't drink as fast. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, though, if you do have, it's some, probably more that than anything. I can't drink as much. If you do have some poor movement patterns from walking 18, it actually be worse. Yeah. Than yeah. Part. By the end, you'd be all like, yeah, pretty wore out. And the, I, like, I, like the, I like the exercise yeah. part of it, though. Oh, yeah. You get a walk and carry, like, I sweat more. Uh -huh. <laughs> But that's because I like the exercise part. All right. Well, let's see. What, so what's the best way for those out there, people that are listening and say, okay, I want, I want to improve my golf game where they feel like, Hey, that's the part that I'm lacking. You know, I, I have, maybe I go to the range and I have somebody help with the swing side, but I need someone to help with my fitness and strength side. How, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Go to my website, gatewaygolfperformance.com. Uh, there should be a contact form on there. And after that, I'll be giving you a call within the next business day is what yep. I try and guarantee for people. Mm -hmm. uh, from there, I do assessments for $125 and I will send you on your way with just a little bit of information to help you. So start, then, start there. Go to the gatewaygolfperformance.com and then get in touch with you. You'll, you'll schedule up a, an initial assessment. Yep. That'll take that full, all those tests and, mm -hmm. and, okay, and they can take that away with them saying, hey, I know what I need to work on. And then after that, there's two options. There are full seeing you two or three times a week programs that I offer for three, six, or 12 months. Okay. And for somebody who has actually been in the weight room and doesn't feel like they need a coach around them the whole time, mm -hmm. I like to start them off with two or four weeks with me and then send them with a workout program mm -hmm. to do for the next eight weeks or so. Mm -hmm. But I do, even if you, you might be the longest or like the most advanced weightlifter in your gym. But if you're doing something that I don't think will help you it's form wise, right. I want to correct that. I want to see what you're doing before, mm -hmm. before I let you go on my own or mm -hmm. out on your own with something I gave you. 
So if that comes back to me that something I did was worse, but it's not my fault, I don't want that reputation. Yes, yeah, so you'll you'll do in person and like the guidance for the first couple of weeks, make sure they got they're doing the exercises, the programming correctly. And then they can take the program that you built and then just use it at their own gym, yeah. their own home gym or wherever and they're in. They'll come back, check back in that program reassessment. So that the two options then become do you believe in yourself enough to do it on your own? Or do you need the the accountability yeah. and the guidance to say, well, just, just sign me up for the six month, like, hey, I'll just, I'll just come, um, you know, two to two, three times a week for these next six months, and you're gonna be there every single time. Mm -hmm. And then I have to I have to show up because now I've I've paid for this thing. Or if there there will be some who will say, Well, no, I will do it. I just want a little bit of yeah. guidance. Okay. Yeah. But the vast majority of people are gonna need day in, day out, like making sure that they 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 get the work done because something will always come up. Oh, I'm busy, and then all of a sudden they mm -hmm. Then when they come back and oh I didn't improve the way I wanted to well did you do this stuff you know you know probably not but if you but if they're coming into you multiple times a week for multiple weeks at a time you should be able to see some changes yeah, yeah. it'd be dang near impossible to not yeah you're right. gonna you're gonna get better yeah, stuff for sure that's just how the body responds I mean you're you're doing yeah. the work it's gonna work it's gonna work recent result I got was 56 year old he's not a golfer but he's a soccer referee okay I got his vertical jump up from 20 to 25 in two months. And he, he, I see him all the time in the gym still. And he tells me every time, he's like, I've never felt this good. good. And I kind of got him off of that endurance exercise and showed him more sprint stuff. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Nice. May have to run too. Soccer's got a lot of running. Oh yeah, lots of running. All right, do you have anything else on? No, is there anything that we didn't hit on that you'd like to hit on? Yeah, I think that's everything. Cool. I mean, it looks like a very, it's a very good program. I mean, for those that, that want more information, like I said, you go to the gatewaygolfperformance.com. Um, he's located inside the, the Papillion Landing, which is over there off of like 84th and what's that street? You know, it's Lincoln. <laughs> 370 is what you're thinking about? No, Lincoln Street. It's that main one. Like once you get through like like old downtown Papillion, then yeah, you go so right by that park. West of old yeah. yeah. So um, I've been there for some soccer stuff for, and some gymnastics stuff for my daughters. And it's, it's a really nice facility. They got a, it's a brand new, just over a year old gym pool, all that stuff. So uh, Michael take you through the entire workouts, the, the testing, um, and he'll give you exactly what you need to improve your golf game. But not only that, fitness, wellness, lifelong, you know, improvements for, um, for your life and for all of your activities, not only golf. This is just one thing that he's going to specialize in, which is, which is the smart way. You, you can't help everyone. You end up helping no one. It's smart to just say, "Hey, I, I, I'm going to focus on golfers." That is, that's very wise. That's what we do here too, as well with the people that we help that have, you know, spine injuries and things. That's that's what we do. All right, that is uh, Mike Hammond, and then we will catch you guys on the next episode.